what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith i am also your co oh, that was a bad way to start i am your other co-host ryan buell welcome sir hey good to be back yeah uh this week we are here to talk about the latest denzel washington movie um mm-hmm. the magnificent seven it also stars chris pratt ethan hawk vincent d'onofrio uh, Peter Sarsgaard and a few other people whose names escape me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But before that, Ryan, have you been watching anything this week? Yeah, I've been going through a couple things. I've been going through The Office. Okay. Again, I'm on the final season. Uh, I love that show. It's just hilarious just to go through it. It's a real interesting psychological thing. Like, I no longer laugh at the jokes, which might seem a little, well, why are you watching it? Mm -hmm. But it's interesting watching the character interactions with each other and kind of how they grow from season one to season nine. And I I like how it kind of ends off with everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So working my way through The Office, and I just watched today for the first time uh, Warcraft. Oh, what did you think? I actually liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was a fun storyline. I've kind of read up on the lore, okay. So it made more sense to me. But I cannot. I don't think the filmmakers did a very good job making it new user friendly. Yeah. Because I can understand going in there being like, "What the crap is going on? Who? Mm-hmm. Why are there dwarves here and humans here? And why is that one chick in a black robe? Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. She was in Hundred One Dalmatians. Glenn Close? Glenn Close, yes. Yeah, She's she came out randomly. of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Weird, weird scene. And some of the acting is kind of like, ooh, you were just here, weren't you? Yeah. Didn't really have a, a significant part. But uh, aside from the flaws, I, I enjoyed it. That was a good storyline. I I thought they, they delved into the lore and the visuals. It's just a visually breathtaking movie. Like, I think it's just a pretty movie. And mm-hmm. I think that gives it merit. And the, um, the guy that plays the guys that play the orcs in the mocap. Oh yeah, that was amazing. The, like, like if the movie was just about the orcs, I probably would have loved it. It would have been a lot better. I think they put more development into the orcs. They put all their time into that, and the humans were kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. it just felt unbalanced in terms of who you kind of care about. Yeah, because it definitely, like, the humans felt like, I don't know, get some white guys. Like, yeah. that. <laughs> get the guy from Vikings, He, you know, who was good, but he was pretty much playing the same part that he played in Vikings, which mm-hmm. is really kind of twitchy. And even, like, the same physical gestures he has in Vikings, he was doing here. Oh, so really? he wasn't really doing anything too different. Okay. Except he's not a, you know... A swashbuckling Viking, Viking yeah. supposedly a, a knight. And, you know, the scene where his son dies just didn't really play emotionally yeah. well because you didn't really, you didn't get enough time to care yeah, about Yeah, why do I give a crap about this? You know, you, you, you get what they're doing. Okay, they're setting up, he's now really pissed off at this big orc. And, you know, it, it played to the tropes a little bit, but overall mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a fun time. Mm-hmm. I really hope to do a sequel, but I know it did not get the best reviews. Yeah, but it um, did... Um, huge numbers in China. Huge numbers in China. You yeah, think, you think that'll save it? Or? We'll see. Um, I think we're. I, I I think it made enough to probably garner a sequel. Mm. Um, so we'll see. It, it, if so, it will not surprise me if we get one, but it will also not surprise me if we don't. Yeah. If they get one, do you think they'll take what they've learned and maybe do differently? Or I really hope so. Um, I really hope so because it's a movie that I think can work and there's actually you know there's a small but vocal minority of people who really like the movie um yeah uh like in in a lot of the people i follow on twitter and and who are in that universe really liked it um i hated it (laughs) um a lot but you know i think there's a seed of a good idea and i think there's certain flourishes not it for my money not a lot but there's certain things that look really great like when it shows them 
how they progressed through the the new world that they've entered and like it looks like the game yeah. and like it's this top-down you know view that looks like the game and i was like that's a great touch like mm-hmm. there are really good touches in this movie yeah but n- n- there isn't a really good hole yeah. in this movie and that was that was the big problem for me yeah um you know like I didn't know who any of the characters were. Um, Things were really glossed over real, real quick. Yeah. It's kind of hard to keep track of who is who and why should I care about this person and what's their motivation. And Ben Foster, who I normally love, was really kind of bland. Yeah, he's really boring in it. And I thought the magic looked really cool. Magic was dope. Yeah. I love the magic. Like, you felt that, like, hit you in the chest. Like, okay, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. So I think there were, I think, uh, oh, man, it's still really frustrating for me. And I think maybe why it ended up being probably my worst movie of the summer is because it shouldn't have been. Yeah. You know, like, and also Duncan Jones is a capable director. He yeah, made Source he... Code. I yeah. like that movie a lot. He made Moon. I love that movie. Um, and it's not even like, I understand he's had a rough year cause his dad died. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's David Bowie's kid, but, and his dad was sick, I guess, while he was making the movie. So, I mean, maybe he was a little distracted, but it also seemed like he was rushed to hit a release date, mm-hmm. um, is, is how it seemed. It also... <sighs> It kind of stands to the point of, like, he's he's a huge Warcraft fan. Yeah. Maybe the fanboys shouldn't be the ones who get to make the movies. Uh, um, you know, uh, as I think Force Awakens and Blair Witch and probably Warcraft have shown us, it's like, True. if you're a little too beholden, you're kind of alienating or you're just repeating. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think I think there's def- definitely, there's definite merit to being a fanboy of it because you'll treat it with respect but like you're saying you can make it to where the casual viewer will have no clue what you're talking about mm-hmm. and will not get the in the in not the in jokes but the like you're saying the splashes of oh yeah that's from the video game like the opening of the movie where you have the human soldier and the orc fighting oh yeah that's how every video game has started at least warcraft one two and three Oh. Which is a huge homage. So yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, sweet, you know. But Didn't know that. Yeah. The average person is just going to be like, human, orc, but in the movie, they haven't met yet. Why is that here? Yeah. So the timeline will, will get kind of confusing. That's weird. I haven't even thought about that scene twice by the end of it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, just like with some of the character deaths bothered me a lot, like why does this movie go on for another 20, 25 minutes when the one thing I cared about in this movie has died? Like, the one character. Yeah. I didn't understand the the king's death. With yeah. him and... What's her face? I want to say gonorrhea, but that's not her name. Gamora? Gamora! No, Thank that's you. the one from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that looks exactly like this. Oh, it's Gon... Gondor. Gondor. <laughs> it's Gon something. I yeah. just can't remember what. But her... Slaying the king, that whole scene did not make any sense. Also, when would they have a moment of peace to have this conversation as hundreds of thousands of orcs are swarming around them? My favorite thing about that is how at the end of the movie, they treat it as a net victory. The humans do. The humans are like, yeah! And it's like, wait a minute, your leader got murdered to death. And there are now a buttload of orcs out there. Yeah, and also giant orc army. I don't think you get to be celebratory over this. I think we're in kind of trouble. Um, The blood elves looked a little weird too. You remember the big council scene where they had all the different races kind of represented? The the elf looking people looked like some really bad cosplay. Oh. You know. Dwarves looked dope. Yeah. I think that's how dwarves need to be represented. Yeah. I was actually... The thing is, the beginning of the movie is kind of, uh, if it would have kept that tone, I would have really liked it, because I like that scene where he was in the dwarf, like, forgery. Yeah. I thought that was cool, and then it was just kind of all downhill from there. Yeah, they kind of cut away from the mixed races, became just, like, about the humans. And yeah. Kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, like, yeah, bland, beardy guys who all look the same to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I bet you, what you, uh, what you been watching this week? Um, what did I watch? Oh gosh. Uh, 
this is normally my role. I'm the normally the one that can't think of what's going to yeah, happen what's next. What's the thing I watched? Doctor okay. Strangelove. No. No. Um, I watched Raiders, colon, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. It's a documentary about these two guys, three guys technically, who saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981. And in 1982 decided, let's remake that in our backyards, shot for shot. We're 11, by the way. What? So for the next seven years, they proceeded on their Christmas, spring, and summer breaks to reshoot a backyard version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Shot for shot, just left to their own devices. And then they they ended up editing it together, um... Eli Roth ended up with a copy of it, and he ended up showing it to Harry Knowles for Main It Cool News, Mm -hmm. and it became this big thing, and they filmed every scene of the movie, except for one, the plane sequence. Mm -hmm. So the movie is them, in 2015, finally securing funding to go and film their lost scene, (laughs) and finally put the finishing touch on On their movie. But it's hilarious because they shot it over seven years. So they just age randomly throughout the movie because they shot it out of order. <laughs> um, and and so the movie's like about them. And there's an interview with uh, John Reese davies uh, Eli Roth, Harry Knowles, a couple other like um, film blogger people. Mm-hmm. And then the two guys themselves. And the, the third guy who was kind of their special effects guy that was a little ostracized from the group. Really interesting, um, as someone who is part of a collective of, uh, amateur backyard filmmakers in town, uh, Mm -hmm. it didn't actually strike a chord as much as I thought. I was fully expecting the crowd to be like, it's us, but these guys are insane. Um, so Ah. you, you know the scene where... Indy's back catches on fire in Raiders. Uh, So they did that. And I was like, oh man, that's dope. They figured out how to, uh, how to do a body burn. And then it cuts to the guy now who is playing Indy going, so for this scene, they just threw some gasoline on my back and lit it on fire. And I was like, oh, nope, nope. Didn't even bother with the gel or the rags or the anything. Okay. All right. And then they showed, uh, he... (laughs) The guy who was in charge of putting him out came with a blanket and put it over him and then removed the blanket and put it over him and removed the blanket Adding and put it over him and it fanned the flames. Oh, guy. And so they had to tackle him and douse him with a fire extinguisher. And one of their parents saw them editing that sequence and they were like, you, mm, nope, no more, none of this ever again. And they were like, okay, uh what will make you say yes again? And they were like, you have to have an adult with you. So they were like, okay, let's find the least responsible adult we can find. So they found a guy who was an extra in Dawn of the Dead that lived in their hometown. And they were like, hey, you've worked on movies. Come do this with us. And he was like, okay. And uh, he just kind of drank beer and watched them. But then while, while they were... Uh, doing that, he was telling them what to do, and they did the the scene where the bar catches on fire, and he was like, okay, more fire in the corner, a little bit more fire on the bar, a little bit more in front of and behind that table. Okay, you're good. And, like, it was so much more fire. It was so much more fire. And, uh... Uh. Yeah, it was just crazy dangerous. They showed the truck scene, the truck chase, and, uh... They were able to get this truck that didn't have brakes, so one of their brothers rigged a pulley system that they could use to stop it, and, like, Indy hangs off the front of that truck and, like, goes underneath it and is dragged behind it, and they did all of it. They did all of it. Oh, my gosh. It was astounding. Um, And so on this one, they actually had professionals uh, because they built a full-size replica of that plane and blew it up. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you can watch the full version of theirs online. I'm sure you can somewhere because they can't make any money off of it because it's all copyrighted well, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I. Uh, it was it was just it's crazy seeing the stuff these kids did and like some of the other stuff is really impressive actually without being stupid or dangerous. Yeah. Um, like how they did the ghosts is really like inventive and cool and you know just kind of how they got around. You know, I mean, it's a big budget movie. Like, it's not like they... One of the guys, I think John Reese davies is like, you know, they didn't remake My Dinner with Andre that's two guys sitting in a restaurant talking about life. Mm-hmm. They remade, like, one of the biggest, most complicated movies ever. Yeah. And, you know, John Reese davies even tells this great story about how hard the shoot was. And... Uh, uh, long story short, he pooped himself. What? He t- it's a great story, man. <laughs> it is a great story. I don't want to ruin it uh, okay. by telling it in detail, but he pooped himself. He pooped himself on set. On set, in the middle of filming, in front of 200 people. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and I didn't care. <laughs> oh, man. It's it was worth it just for the just I, for the John Reese Davies pooping himself. I heard he's got some pretty crazy stories, man. And food. just like in his John Reese Davies voice, mm-hmm. uh, that's the other thing is they're all like a bunch of white kids from Missouri. Yeah. So they was just, and they were like eleven. So they got like their scrawny friend to be Sala, and he was an eleven year old. So it, he's just like, my services don't come cheap, and it's super <laughs> funny. <laughs> And, like, they couldn't get a monkey, obviously, oh, so yeah. they just, like, used a dog. Okay. Just one of their basset hounds. Yeah, he did the job. Yep. Um, Bad dates. They're dates. You eat them! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I watched. And then at the end of the movie, you get to see their final version of the plane scene over the one in Raiders. Like, yeah. it's the footage, like, on top of the other footage. And it just goes to show, like... It doesn't matter the budget you have for that. Like, it's really well put together. That whole sequence is so well done. Um, And just, I mean, I think it's just a testament to Spielberg himself of, you know, as they, because they they do all the shot composition the exact same way and, you know, and, and all the speed of the punches and stuff. So it's a testament to like his craftsmanship and like, you know, they did it for $40,000 and Spielberg did it for $700,000. Just that one sequence. And it didn't matter because of the way he shot it, man. Like the way he shot it is still super compelling. The way he edited it together is still super compelling. It's, you know, it does, it works across all budgets. Uh, the that Spielberg style that he brought to it, and so I thought that was like that was really neat to see, especially because yeah. you've seen them, you know, their trials and tribulations over the course of the movie trying to get this sequence filmed, and then seeing it overlaid over the original and just being like, oh yeah, this still works. Yeah, like regardless, it's still really, really entertaining and good, and it made me want to watch Raiders again. Yeah. What's it called again? The documentary? Uh, Raiders with an exclamation point. Colin, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. It's on Netflix. Okay, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Uh, and then just some of the, like, dumb high school drama that led to those guys not, lo- like, losing contact for a mm. while. And, you know, they're all in their 40s now. And so just, they, they tell these stories and they're clearly just like... We yeah. were idiots. Yeah, like, it was so dumb. And, you know, you watch the footage and you watch them watch the footage and they're like, man... I would murder my kid if they tried to do anything like that. <laughs> like, what were we thinking? 80s, simpler times, Yep, man. yep. That's exactly what they were thinking. And, yeah, just like the folly of youth, man. Uh, to be like, I'll go under that truck that has no brakes. Hmm. What could go wrong? Yep. Um, I think that's all I watched that wasn't for the YouTube show or the podcast this week. Kind of a lighter week for me, but... Okay, we'll take a short break and be right back to talk about Magnificent Seven. Magnificent 007. (laughs) 
here to talk about meat and potatoes this this week is Magnificent Seven, starring Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, and several others, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, headed into it, uh, so the story is about a group of townspeople who their city has been besieged by uh, an evil mining uh, magnate rubber baron kind of guy yeah yeah um he's he's trying to take over the town so he can build mines yeah um he kind of wants to drive everyone out level the town and mine underneath their land um and so it starts with him kind of monologuing about god and capitalism so you know who the bad guy is and <laughs> uh then he kills some people so you definitely know who the bad guy is including the wife of this woman and this woman goes and seeks out the services of denzel the the husband of this woman yeah they're not that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's not like that yeah yeah. including including the husband of this woman and the woman and one of her friends or one of her husband's friends i guess Mm -hmm. go and find denzel washington who's this famed bounty hunter and he goes and puts together sort of a ragtag group of people to go and take the town back yeah and that's basically it yeah that's the um, plot yeah that's that's the story and the you know these these seven people that he assembles all have different walks of life and different backgrounds and some of them he intentionally seeks out and some of them he picks up along the way and that's uh yeah that's the magnificent seven so what did you think about the new magnificent seven short story i did not like it at all at all at all really i came into this i wanted to like this movie uh i i generally like chris pratt i love denzel washington um ethan hawks hit or miss with me he's good in some things not good in others and um the guy that played the trapper dude what's his name vincent d'onofrio i love that guy from daredevil and other things i've seen him in love that guy uh i love the uh the guy that played billy the one that walked with Ethan Hawke. That oh, worked with him. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Bien, uh, Bien something. The guy from The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Yes, that guy. Uh, I love that actor. He was, I loved him in The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which is an amazing movie. That is an amazing and movie. He, and he, it's a Korean-made, uh, fantastic movie. Great take on the genre. Um, I, was down to, I was down to like it. But I knew I was in for trouble when that scene showed up with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, and he was acting all Joker-y like and twitchy and weird. And I'm just gonna say this: I think that actor is terrible. I love Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, he is. I'm. Oh, you smoke crack. Oh, that I love guy Peter he is so, so terrible. Do you still have a chip on your shoulder about uh, uh, Green Lantern? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he was bad in that too, but almost everything I've seen him in. He has not been good, um, and this was no exception because he just comes in and makes this weird speech that makes absolutely no sense, and then he ends on a note that makes sense about basically I'm kicking you all out, I'm paying you twenty bucks for your land, have take it or leave it, um, and just was weird and looked like they had tuberculo- tuberculosis, but no one said he had it. And just was not a good viable villain. Like he looked, you clearly they conveyed he's the bad guy, but I just thought he did a poor job of that. Um, I, th- I love Denzel. I thought he was good in it. Um, and I'm gonna say something that'll make you really happy, but breaks my heart a little bit. Chris Pratt kind of sucked in it. I really liked him in it. You really? Oh, we are on weird pages here. Um, I felt Chris Pratt was just flat. And I didn't care about his character. And that I will give you. You'll give me? Yeah, I I didn't care about his character. I did not care. Everything he did was just kind of... I didn't buy buy his character. And that kind of was a a through line for the whole movie. Is you don't really care about him. And he's a drunkard. They kind of... They convey he's not a good guy... But they don't show any redeeming qualities to him. And even, spoiler, his death mm-hmm. was really, in my opinion, just kind of dumb. Sure. And then, I get like, that. And then the whole thing with the, 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 the dynamite stick and his last little quip. Like, I thought the way he should have died was, you know, because he's a guy that's all about misdirection. Like, mm-hmm. like that's his thing. Yeah. I thought He's an amateur magician in this yeah, movie. Pretty much. I thought the way he was going to die, which would have fit the character, is gun that you know goes up to the Gatling gun. They should take him out, and Denzel goes around and takes all the guys out because mm. he was the distraction. I thought mm. that would play to the character. That would fit. It'd be a fitting ending in a way. Um, but then the whole thing, the dynamite stick, and 
So I didn't care for Chris Pratt. Um, I liked. Um, oh, you just told me his name. Big guy, uh, Trapper. Vincent D'Onofrio. I loved Vincent. Uh, I loved I, at first his high pitched voice. I thought that's an odd acting choice for him. Like, why is your voice so high? But that's it. Kind of grew on me, and I'm like, this is an interesting character. And also, I think he's been so isolated for so long. He doesn't yeah. use his voice that much, and yeah. so that I like it's kind of atrophied. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, and I just like he just said some bananas stuff in the movie, but yeah. it was kind of great. Yeah, yeah like yeah. none of it made sense, but you were like, all right, I'll buy it. Like, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not. It's, it's super it's, not it's like no that. Um, I loved Ethan Hawke. He was so good in it. His character had the most pathos. His character had mm-hmm. the most, like, I'm invested in you. I care about mm-hmm. what happens to your character. Um, I love... I, I just want to see a movie between him and the one the other guy, his partner. Yeah, the Korean guy. I would watch a whole movie with them. That was interesting enough. Mm-hmm. I loved their characters. I thought they had a good dynamic. Uh, it was an interesting backstory. Um, the Indian guy... I don't know the the scene between him and Denzel where Denzel comes to, to ask him to join. Oh yeah, and he takes a bite out of the heart. I was like, what is this? Dances with wolves? Like you know, and that's my other problem with the movie. It had a lot of cliches, mm. which in a western movie can be okay, but it didn't. To me, it didn't even play the cliches well. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of was like, oh, you're doing that. And the, the cardinal sin they wrote off. Well, first off, they wrote off in the sunset. Leaving all their dead friends behind. Just kind of like, all right, we're done. Leaving. <laughs> but they wrote off in the sunset. But they're riding off towards a mountain. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Climb a mountain? You just saved a town? Let's go rock climbing. Like, that to me was stupid. And then, no, the worst sin. I have to get this off my chest. The end of the movie was CGI. Oh, it was crappy, awful. Crappy CGI. It looked like someone did, like, the, pardon my French, French, the shittiest Thomas Kincaid oh, painting on Microsoft bad. Paint. It looked awful. But the coup de grace was when she's like, they, you know, these men who died for, you know, died, blah, 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 blah. It was magnificent. Oh, you did not just do that. I I almost yelled at the screen. I also hated that a lot. Oh, I thought that was so dumb. And the, the chick, what a Miss Booby shirt? What is oh, the deal? Yeah. Like, when they're in the church, you're just like, everyone else, like, covered up here. She's just like, nope, I'm exposing them. When she goes to the town to help find the guys to come help defend it, she's wearing, like, a shirt that, you know, I don't know what they're called, but the shoulders are exposed yeah. and thing. I'm like... What shouldn't you're a widow? Like how is this? Even, it did. It did not even play to the character. It didn't yeah. make any sense why that's happening. Ah, sorry, but I did not. I wanted to like this movie, but that just had too much crap in it for me. Anyway, what did you think? Um, man, I'm gonna come off smelling like roses this episode, <laughs> which is funny because I didn't like it that much either. Um, but I liked it quite a bit more than you did. I came out, I, I went and saw it with my dad, and uh, my dad likes most movies, and he turns like, oh, so, son, what'd you think of it? I was like, I hated it. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did he like it? He thought it was, he thought it was, he thought it was okay. Like, yeah, he grew I, up watching the original, he mm-hmm, loved the original, mm-hmm. but he, he saw the flaws in it, but he, he had the opinion I'm sure most people have, I was like, yeah, it was a fun movie, gunslinging, da da da, moving on. But I just, there's so much in it that just, you know, ground my gears. I hated it. But sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't love it. Um, it was fine. Like it was just, it was just fine to me. Um, it didn't, it didn't do anything too exciting. I thought the action was pretty good. Mm. Um, I really liked, I really liked the first shootout that they had when they came back to the town. Um, oh yeah, between them and uh, all the all other the guards henchmen. That you left yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty cool. I liked that quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I really liked Denzel's scene in the bar where he catches the bartender, like when he shoots the bartender. I thought that was cool. I thought the whispering in his ear was a little weird. Like, yeah, I would have just preferred him to lean in and just blow his head off instead yeah. of making this huge. That was the other thing. These guys did a lot of talking. I'm. So, I don't mean to interrupt, uh-huh. but I've got a lot to say. They did a lot of talking and not a lot of shooting sometimes. Yeah. They're like, just kill the guy. Let's move on. Let's not have an exposition. That's my biggest problem with the movie. It's two hours and 12 minutes long. Yeah. This movie should not be two hours and 12 minutes long. 
at all. We were in line getting ready to get concessions, and my wife was like, how long is this movie? And I was like, this bullcrap can't be more than an hour 46. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the arbitrary time I decided that that would be the perfect length for this movie. And I looked it up on Flixer, and it was like 2.12, and I was like, why, though? Mm -hmm. I was like, that it doesn't seem like that simple of a plot Mm -hmm. should have that long of a runtime. And if it will, we have to have a lot of character development. I didn't think we got that much character development, to be perfectly honest. Not really. I think uh, Ethan Hawke got a little bit. Yeah. Out of everybody. Yeah. Um, I hated the ending with Denzel and the guy at the end because there was no lead up to it. You know, him, the whole thing about this robber baron who oh. come and killed his family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, also the tone of the movie. I didn't, the movie to me didn't know what it wanted to be. Either mm-hmm. a light comedy adventure or super dark, which yeah. the ending got super, super dark. Yeah. About a former. Not a former, he wasn't a former slave, but a, a guy who, you know, had he was family the, yeah, and lost he, everything to this guy. Yeah. Was hanged and then kind of Clint Eastwood his way back out. Yeah. And seeking revenge, you're like, but there was there was no hints to that point. Yeah, that like, was, they saved it all for the last confrontation. So Denzel's character really wants to go after this guy because he did this, he did a similar thing to whatever town Denzel grew up in. Mm-hmm. And he came in and his guys raped his mom and murdered his wife and tried to hang him. And he escaped the, the gallows and has now is now exacting his revenge. We find all that out literally right before he kills him. Yeah. And it's like, man, if you would have told me this up front, like if this would have been the opening scene to the movie of, you know, like giving Denzel a reason why or even not even that. Keep the opening scene of the movie the way it was. I actually was fine with that scene. Yeah. Um, I, I actually liked Peter Sarsgaard in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keep it in, in the, the present day, present day for them. Town in that church talking about the land and, like, trying to be this weird, like, Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood, like, land, yeah. I drink your milkshake type of guy. Um, <laughs> it, you know, keep that as the first scene. And then when the woman comes to get them have Denzel explain all that to her and now they're bonded because they have been like they can commiserate together yeah you know it bonds those two characters together um rather than have him save it all for the end and no one else knows why he's going after this guy except that guy you know like have him tell that to everyone in the seven I'm pretty sure everyone in the seven would be like oh yeah let's kill this bastard we're down Yeah. yeah And, uh, yeah, it just, the reveal of information was super weird. Um, I, I agree with you about Chris Pratt's character. Like, I feel like we didn't really get any good sense of him. Mm. Even though I liked him in the role, I thought he did a good job in the role. And he was, I thought he was funny and I thought he was likable, but that was about it. Which is funny because that's what I complained about him in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I thought it worked here. I thought he, I thought he made a good choice at the beginning by trying out an accent Uh And I thought he wasn't too bad at it. And I actually, I think that's what initially endeared me to the character is he was trying an accent and then Uh he dropped it like in the next scene. And I was like, well, whatever. But yeah, um, I thought Ethan Hawke was incredible. Uh, He was, he was the performance of the movie for me. And he was really good. Yeah. He was so good. And his, his sidekick, uh, Billy was great. Um, just their, their, their interactions and their stories were really good. Yeah. Well, it was seeing Ethan Hawke's performance that made me really not like Chris, Chris Pratt's because you see like this is good acting this is believable sincere acting mm-hmm. and this is just kind of bland and yeah. playing to a type and it just made me go Ugh. but I think the scenes with Ethan Hawke and Chris Pratt alone elevated Chris Pratt's performance because there's that really great line when he Ethan Hawke's getting his face shaved and mm-hmm. he's just talking to Chris Pratt and they're like BSing back and forth yeah. and I totally bought into that and Chris Pratt has that great line where he's like it's a day and a half ride to whatever city we're going to. We got two days. Let's spend half a day drinking. Like, I thought that was great. I was like, that's awesome. Um, no. The Mexican guy, no, like, no characterization on him. No. Native American guy, almost no characterization on him. What did you think about Native American versus Native American? I like that. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. I thought it was kind of inevitable because mm. they can't have a white guy yeah. killing an Indian yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's just too, oh, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. But I also thought it was kind of ridiculous the line that he gave. The, the This is going to sound, the good guy versus mm. the bad guy, the mm. 
the Indian that was part of the Magnificent Seven, the Indian that was part of the yeah the Bear Robber Barons thing. When he killed the bad guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You're you're a disgrace to your kind or a traitor to yeah, your yeah. kind." I thought, but aren't you kind of working <laughs> for the white man too? And don't you all kind of collectively well hate them? Like how I don't get it. I think the idea there is that he was he was fighting for something honorable, where the other guy was fighting for that. And before else. he hooked up with the seven, he was alone. You know, he was a lone warrior type. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I, once again, there's bad characterization. I think this guy has always been on the 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 robber the guys. The yeah, on yeah. on that guy's posse. You think there's some, there's some kind of history between the two of them mm-hmm. somehow? They just mm-hmm. didn't establish it. Yeah. Um, he was as far as an actor. I thought he handled the action really well. Like yeah. it was cool watching him like shoot fools with a bow and arrow. Yeah, um, that was the action was cool. The yeah, was I, cool. I really liked all the action scenes. Vincent D'Onofrio I thought was great. I, yeah. I really liked him. I'll say a prayer for you, little one. Yeah, uh, I thought that was hilarious. I thought his death was so pointless. It was Boromiri. It was Boromiri, but it didn't even go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, like. I mean, they, they set it up. His character originally was an Indian hunter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that if I, if I understood the movie correctly? And he got yeah, yeah, yeah. scalped from Indians. Yeah, and was so, paid by the government for it. To do yeah. that. So it seemed a little vindictive to have the Indian kill him, in a sense. Oh, uh, I guess I, I get I, that. I don't know. It just it also felt kind of, you know, he didn't even go out fighting. He just kind of went out with a bunch of arrows on his body. Yeah. And he died. Like, there wasn't even a... I mean, if he killed him while fighting him, mm-hmm. that would make sense. We just kind of killed him as he walked towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just... It didn't seem like a good death. Especially because we've seen that dude, like, run across a battlefield with bullets flying. Yeah. Like, axe and fools. Yeah, really. And arrows, which don't travel as fast as bullets. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand how that worked. Um, I don't know. I just didn't care for how he went out. Yeah. Um, that is kind of something I wanted to talk about. Four out, four sevenths of the Magnificent Seven die, mm-hmm. and it's like Chris Pratt, Vincent D'Onofrio, the Korean guy, and uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, and I kind of loved it. Um, they, they, they took out most of them. Yeah, uh, especially like this is going to sound really dumb compared to because I complained <laughs> about the guy last week, but I really like that Chris Pratt died in this movie mm. because. I can't think of another movie that would kill Chris Pratt. Like, that's a ballsy move right there, man. Mm. That's some star power that you're murdering. Mm. People are going to be mad about that. But I thought that was great. Um, I thought, and and my understanding is that that's how the original goes down. And that's how Seven Samurai kind of goes down. Is like, not all of them make it. Yeah. And I thought it was cool to have, like, it would have been so easy to just have the no-name guys go out. Like, the yeah. Korean guy and the Native American guy and the Mexican guy. And then be like, these four survived. Like, the four stars survived. Yeah. But they killed, like, three big-name big actors. Yeah. And one of the not-as-well-known guys. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's kind of cool. Like, But then they all just get up on... Like, there's no, like, even mourning for these men that they knew. They're just like, okay, right. we're done. Sure. No, I was just talking in the meta, the like meta in, in yeah, in my sense of it of like, man, way to be like killing off main characters yeah. that you I, know in other any other movie. Like if this were Fast and Furious, none of those people would have been touched yeah. by a bullet. Yeah, I I, I I appreciated that that there was loss. Like mm-hmm. there these these main guys weren't necessarily superheroes. They yeah. were very much um, mortal. And I thought I thought that was nice. It's just some of the most of the deaths I just thought were not well done. I didn't know Ethan Hawke and the Korean guy had died until it showed them after the battle. Oh, yeah. the Gatlingen? You didn't pick up on the scene where they come flying? Or Ethan Hawke comes flying out and falls to the ground dead? Yeah, didn't. Oh. I thought he was going to be fine. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's because that's what I've come to expect from other action movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought he was going to be fine and I thought the Korean guy was fine. Um, and then it showed them dead afterwards and I was like, oh, oh. alright. Um, the final showdown, I actually liked uh between, between denzel and, and sarsgaard mainly because i think no one f's with you better when he's about to murder you than denzel yeah. i really like that when he shot the gun out of his hand and he was like pick it up pick it up pick it up like he he was just i think he i really love when denzel does that kind yeah. of stuff but once again that's more because it's denzel and not because it's whatever his character was yeah you know, a lot of my liking of this movie is because I liked the people, not because I liked the characters, but which see, is a problem. Even that scene, like, if they had stayed outside the church and had a gunfight, like a true, like, good Western, I would have mm-hmm. been fine with it. 
But then he goes into the church, and then it just, to me, just dragged the scene on. And I get, you you get the motive, he wants revenge. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, pray. Oh, I thought pray. that was great. I was, yep. I'm hey, f- you were down with that? Yeah. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. It's like, just shoot the schmuck and move on. Um, what I liked about that is I liked that he was a character who had come into the church and had replaced God in his heart with money and greed and land and want of material things mm-hmm. and had and tried to do his best to corrupt the church more or less like the 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 grounds of the church um Mm -hmm. and you know by setting it on fire like he tried his best to remove that from the hearts of these people and then at the end he's unsuccessful and like god's justice is served like he pays the ultimate consequence for not for for having something else as as uh, you know something else in charge of his heart, mm. basically that's I, I don't know I like the message that you yeah out. I really liked that it was bookended by the church um, mm. especially in that it happened in a burnt church where it was like it doesn't matter what state the building's in like justice is justice and justice is going to be served no matter what mm. I liked that um, but I also get it like everything you're saying I totally get yeah um, it didn't bother me as much but also I wasn't like. I wasn't super into the movie either, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, I, I liked it more than you did, apparently quite a bit more than you did, but not, but also not like it, kind of a weird dichotomy. Yeah, it, it's fine. Like I said, I, you know, I was a little unimpressed by it. Mm. Um, is it worth seeing? Uh, uh, like yeah. I guess, like if you really want to see it, go see it. Like it's not bad. I've seen yeah. worse movies than this. Yes, there there are there are worse movies out there than this. Um, but I would still say go see the original. Yeah, I, I've this. never seen the original. Um, it just it's kind of inert. Like there's no sense of urgency. Mm. That's the thing is they're like. You know, the movie's two hours and 12 minutes, and they're like, okay, well, we got three weeks to get the band together, get into town, and then he gets into town, and they kill all those guys, and then he sends the guy back to tell Peter Sarsgaard, like, hey, send him this message, and he's like, okay, we have a week now, and then they just, like, spend a bunch of time talking, and I was like, what? Like, why Why is it taking so long for a week to pass in this movie, yeah. and you're doing nothing with this extra time? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I just thought it was I thought he I thought Antoine Fuqua misused his time immensely with this movie. Yeah. And I think a half an hour could have been shaved off of it and you could have tightened up some of the other character beats in between mm-hmm. and kept all the action sequences and I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Um it ju- it feels like it should have gone through like it feels like the script should have gone through at least one more draft if not two. Yeah. And uh, the edit needed to go through at least one more pass, if not two. Um, it just felt very undercooked. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah, and like I said, a lot of my goodwill towards the movie came from liking the actors, not the characters. Yeah. The, the actors give some redeeming quality because mm-hmm. you buy into the characters. And like I said, Denzel's enjoyable to watch. Ethan and uh, his partner, the guy that he yeah. was working with, they were really cool to watch. But to me, there's just so many other negatives that come along. It kind of, it kind of strangles the enjoyment that mm-hmm. I would normally get from watching these actors. Yeah, I didn't even talk about Denzel. Denzel was really good. At yeah, it. he was like he had just solid Denzel performance through I, and through. I thought I, I expected no less to be. Yeah, honest. yeah, he yeah. Kind of always does really good. I've yet to see a terrible movie with him. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the Tom Hanks effect, right? Yeah. Like, he's a victim of his own talents. Like, he was great in the movie, but we know that, so what does he have to do to really impress us? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it just... Uh, it, I, I think there's a... I, the thing is, I, it's frustrating because I think there's a better movie in what we have already. Like, in what's already on the page, mm-hmm. you can pull... You can re-edit it, reshift some scenes do some stuff and make it better um so it just it just it feels weird saying like you know it's an out and out bad movie it's just like there's a good movie buried under a lot of not that interesting stuff Mm. or not that uh you know not that compelling stuff 
not that propulsive of a plot, to be perfectly honest. You know, we yeah. only check in with the bad guy, like, one other time before yeah. he comes back. You know, I'd like to know what he was doing in Sacramento the whole time, and... I don't know. And you don't even really get his motivation other than I'm rich and I want more riches. Yeah. Like, they never, to me, they never explain why he's so twitchy. And so, like, I don't, I, me personally, I did not understand the actor's choices and mm-hmm. the weirdness that he brought to the character. Like, I thought that character should have been played a bit more straight. Mm-hmm. If your motivations are just, I'm a robber baron, I want money then just do that. Like, he was acting as if he was snorting cocaine every morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, his name weird. may as well have been, like, Evil McEvilson. Yeah. Or, you know, he was very... And I kind of appreciate that on some level of, like, you know, oh, in the old westerns, the good guys were white and the bad guys were black, but also the good guy in this movie wears all black, too. <laughs> um, yeah. But, oh, that was another thing. This will probably get cut out because it's a weird... It, it was weird that no one was that racist in this movie. Oh, towards Denzel? Yeah. I wondered, I thought there, not that I wanted it to be happening, but because it's set in that time period. Exactly. Why didn't anyone at least make mention this gunslinger is an African American? Yeah. And, I mean, that to me could be even a conquering thing. Like, oh, you're going to make fun of that? Bam, you shoot you up. Exactly. It's a perfect moment. But Ex- that was never touched on. And it kind of plays with it at the beginning of the movie where he walks into the saloon and they're like, what is he doing here? But it's not because he's black. It's because they know who he is. Yeah. And so they're like, why is that specific person here? Yeah. And so it just... It felt kind of weird. It just yeah. felt a little weird. And I it didn't, wasn't even addressed. Yeah. I mean, I just needed one scene. I didn't need it to be like a Tarantino script. You yeah. know, like a Django Unchained mentioning yeah, it every other scene. But I like at least one thing. And and then for that to not be mentioned, but then for Chris Pratt to be like pretty racist against the Mexican guy. Yeah. That was like, it was like, well, why that? But then also... You know, you've got Vincent D'Onofrio who murdered Indians mm-hmm. and the Native American guy right there. And there's like one line about it, but it's not too bad. That was a pretty funny line when he found out that the Indian guy spoke English. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a cool little moment. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. I liked that. But at the same time, I felt like the one kind of racist thing he said to the guy wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of this dude used to take the scalps of this guy's people mm-hmm. and sell them to the government yeah um you know it just it, it just had a really weird relationship with that kind of stuff it wasn't bad yeah. quote unquote but it was just like it's not like we're asking the movie to be racist but some kind of an acknowledgement of this is a guy in a role that was not typical yeah Exactly. In that time period. But, I mean, I guess you could say this is kind of a... It's NAC a... see Western, in a way. It's not, a, yeah, not it's... Not sword and sorcery, but, you know, like, hyper-reality. Yeah, it's so. super revisionist, super deconstructionist type of thing. And, and so I get I get that, but... I don't know. It just feels... It feels a little... Uh, it just feels weird. You yeah. know? It just feels weird that no one... Like, everyone would just be fine with it. Yeah. You know? Um, even Peter Sarsgaard at the end, like the, the villain doesn't mention it and clearly he's got a chip on his shoulder about black people, but we find that out from the black guy. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't even mention it. He, he, he doesn't even remember who this guy is and he completely destroyed his family and tried to hang him and he's like, are we connected somehow? And it's like, well, yeah, man. <laughs> In a rather large way. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, it's, uh, this is a tough one, man. It's, uh, it's hard for me to say I didn't like it, but it's hard for me to say I really liked it, too. It just, I don't know. That first action scene is really good. I really liked Ver- Vincent D'Onofrio tackling the dude off the horse. I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, uh, it just doesn't need to be how it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The Magnificent Seven. It doesn't need, need to, to be, be that way. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. You have any final thoughts on the Magnificent Seven? Uh, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I hope that was fairly clear. Um, I think, like I said, I think it had some good characters, good character moments in it from certain actors. Um, uh, I'd say ultimately watch it for yourself, and if you enjoy it, awesome. 
Uh, this is just my opinion, just MJ's opinion. Yeah. Um, I'd say watch it for yourself. But for me and mine, I I did not like it. Cannot recommend it. But if you still want to see it, then I'd say go see it and, and judge it for yourself. I would say manage your expectations. Yes. Heavily. Um, this movie was sold to me as Fast and Furious on horses, and I love the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. So right headed into it, I was pretty jacked up about this movie. And was ultimately pretty disappointed. Um, there have been worse movies this summer, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but there have been a lot better movies this summer as well. Um, and to sort of, you know, as as the last whimper of, of the summer season, which I think this movie could be considered, yeah. as we head into the more, you know, ponderous Oscar affair type stuff, it didn't do much. It, you know, for me, summer ended with Hell or High Water. Um, <sighs> yep. That gives me, that movie gives me hope. Gosh, that movie's so good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just manage your expectations. See it if you're interested. It's hard for me to say don't see it. Um, you know, but it's hard for me to be like, you gotta get out and see it. It's even hard for me to be like, I don't know, wait till Redbox. Ooh, that was gonna be my backup was wait till Redbox. Yeah, I... <sighs> Like, just watch something better. Like, that's honestly kind of how I feel about it. Unless you're dying to see it. Um, Go see the uh, Kevin Costner movie. I think it's Open Range. Open Range. That is a good Western. Yeah. If you, if you don't like slow movies, don't watch it. But yeah. if you want a good, solid Western... Uh, go see Open Range. That's or 310 to Yuma remake. 310 to Yuma with Christian Bale and... Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. And Ben Foster. And Ben Foster, who's amazing in That's it. my favorite Ben Foster performance. Well, Hell or High Water might be my favorite Ben Foster performance. I was going to say, Hell or High Water, that, that takes the cake for me. Um, Especially having seen Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. You can find Ryan on Facebook if you so wish. Yes. Uh, you can find this show on Facebook, The Before and After Show. You can find everything we do at uh, www.thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that R-E-E-L perspective.blogspot.com. You can uh, find our YouTube show over on YouTube. You can uh each week, uh, Mike and I talk about a different class, uh, a different classic movie. Um, this week, we're talking about what I thought about specifically, Doctor Strangelove, or how I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb, or Doctor Strangelove, or how I learned to stop worrying and love this Kubrick movie because I really liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go hear me talk about that in depth over there. Next week on YouTube, we're going to be talking about Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because even though I've seen it, Mike hasn't. Uh, so. You, we, we, you can go listen to us talk about that. And actually, next week, it's Tim Burton-a-thon here mm-hmm. at the Before and After Show. Because uh, we're going to be talking about what movie, Ryan? Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yes, I made you say it because I can't say the word <laughs> peculiar that well. <laughs> Lots uh, of pale skin. Yep. Uh, until next time, go watch Raiders. Dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 <laugh